Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's give him adoration. Bless the King of Kings. Bless the Lord of Lords. Bless the Ancient of Days. Magnify his holy name. Praise him. Praise him. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be adored. Magnify him. Worship him for everything he has done since the beginning of the year. Bless him for January. Bless him for February. Bless him particularly for what he did last month. Give him glory for bringing us to yet a new month. The second quarter of this year. Praise his holy name. Worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Bless him. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy. Worthy. Worthy to be adored. Thank you, Father. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father. Glorify your holy name tonight. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Let's lift our voices to him and say, Father, keep darkness away from us and from our children. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Father, please keep darkness away from us and from our children. Your eternal rock of ages, keep every force of darkness away from us and from our children. Oh yes, King of glory, we've come to you tonight, you the light of the world. Keep darkness away from us and from all our children. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I have a Father, Almighty Father, He is King of kings and Lord of lords. I have a Father,
Father of all fathers, the creator of heaven and earth, the lover of children, we worship you. Accept our worship in Jesus' name. Thank you for January. Thank you for February. Thank you for March. Now, thank you for April. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. At your command, we have brought your children to you tonight. Every one of us, young and old, lay your mighty hands on us in Jesus' name. Anoint each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Keep darkness far away from us in Jesus' name. Keep darkness far away from all your children in Jesus' name. Keep darkness far away from our homes in Jesus' name. Keep darkness far away from your church in Jesus' name. Keep darkness far away from Nigeria in Jesus' name. Father, we are praying. That tonight, in a very special way, you will visit all of us. And Lord God Almighty, before we leave here, let every one of us feel your power. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. I shake hands with two or three people and tell them your light will continue to shine in Jesus' name. And then you may please be seated. Except those of you who are born in the month of April. If you are born in April, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Father Almighty, I want to thank you for your children born in the month of April. I commit all of them into your hands, O Lord. April is the fourth month of the year. From the four corners of the world, Send blessings to your children. From the east, send blessings to your children. From the west, send blessings to your children. From the north, send blessings to your children. From the south, send blessings to your children. And Lord God Almighty, even as the four pillars 
of the whole world stands squarely upon you, I pray that you will establish all this your children in you. Let it be well with them. Give them a new beginning. And let their new year be better than their former years. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let children of April shout another hallelujah. Congratulations to all of you. By the grace of God, next month, our theme will be Victorious Grace. Uh, I believe somebody is going to become totally victorious even by the month of May in Jesus' name. And uh, I want to make one quick announcement. Uh, some years ago, almost 21 years now, when I said I wanted to lead a delegation to Israel on pilgrimage, many of my people said, ah, we can't go because we are afraid that there is always trouble in Israel. I smiled and I told them that I'm going. If I'm going, I know that means by the grace of God there will be no trouble. Fifty of us left for the place. But when they saw what happened there, and they came back and told their friends, uh, by now when we want to go on pilgrimage, we have to say if you don't register on time, there will be no room for you because they are now by hundreds. Now, I know you've had the announcement that by the grace of God, I will be going to Turkey. We want to go and visit the seven churches of the book of Revelation. And some of you say, oh, but daddy, didn't you hear that there have been bomb explosions here and there? Let me assure you of one thing. Safety is of the Lord. Wherever you are, danger is there, but God is there also. Do I hear amen to that? And I can assure you, I have no intention of committing suicide. I won't go anywhere unless I have the assurance that my father will go with me. So we are going to Turkey in May, and uh, don't let them bring you reports that will cause you to regret. So if you want to go, we still give you room up to the middle of this month to register. I think they will give you further details later on uh, during the service. Or you can contact any of your pastors and they will tell you how to register. It's going to be a glorious time in the presence of the Lord. They say, oh, trouble in Turkey. Then we have churches in Turkey. Our children are there, and they are doing very well. And we are holding the first Holy Ghost service in Turkey in May, in Jesus' mighty name. Okay. Now, we have to be very quick tonight because of the children. We want to be sure we get to them before 
they are too far asleep to know what is going on. We're talking about little lights, and we are referring to the children, of course. First Samuel chapter 3, I'm reading from verse 1 all the way to 10. First Samuel chapter 3, from verse 1 to 10. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And before we continue reading, what do you think of the, the way the children had led the service this, year, this night? Fantastic, don't you think so? It tells us that if we leave the service to them, they can conduct the whole thing. I believe that one day will come when we will just say, you just go ahead. When you finish in the night, I will come and pray for you. I, I think that will be a glorious day. And that day is coming. The MC, the one who did the preaching, the choir, the band. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause for this fantastic children. Wonderful. We have a glorious tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Now, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I pray that your children will soon begin to hear from the Lord. The world is ruled by two principal forces, darkness and light. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, 
and darkness covered the face of the whole earth. And the Spirit of God began to move. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Darkness, and then light. Now these two forces are represented or presented or depicted in the Bible by various names. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, refer to them as death and life, curses and blessings. Psalm 30 verse 5, Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. In other words, weeping and night, they are together, darkness and sorrow, and then joy and morning, joining and light, they also go together. In book of Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 14, Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 14, you will see again the two depicted as demons and angels. So there are these two forces controlling everything going on in the world. Now what happens in your life is greatly determined by which of these two forces is in charge of your life. In Luke chapter 8 verse 1 to 3, Luke chapter 8 verse 1 to 3, there was a time that demons were controlling the life of Mary Magdalene. But then the time came when Jesus stepped into her situation, drove darkness out, and took over, and the one who used to be a witch became a divine treasurer. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 20, Mark 5, verse 1 to 20, when a legion of demons were controlling the life of one man, he was hurting himself, cutting himself with stones, tearing fetters of iron with bare hands, living in the graveyard. But when Jesus came into his life and the light of God drove away the darkness, suddenly the madman became an evangelist for God. Now, whether we love to admit it or not, everyone leans towards either of these two forces. It's either you are leaning towards the forces of darkness or you are leaning towards the forces of light. For example, in Acts chapter 13, verse 6 to 12. Acts 13, verse 6 to 12. The Bible tells us that Paul went to preach to a governor and he met a sorcerer there. And what's a sorcerer doing in the house of a governor? <laughs> because the governor uh, believes that he needed the help of the sorcerer to succeed in life. 
And so when Paul came and brought the gospel of Jesus Christ, the sorcerer said, "Uh -uh, don't listen to light, stay with me in the darkness. I'm praying for somebody here today. Any trace of darkness left in your life will be dismissed today. And we all know, at least if, if we want to be sincere, that in the past, before we met the Lord Jesus Christ, we had leaned towards one sorcerer or the other, witch doctor, by whatever name they are called, for protection. Because at that time, we didn't know that what they claimed to be power is powerless power. Some of you will remember my testimony when things seemed to be going very well with me. Um, young man, lecturer in the university, I had a car, I built a house. I mean, I'm very, very young. Somebody in my family said, the way this boy is going, we need to fortify him so that witches and wizards will not be able to destroy him. And they took me to one big herbalist in Oshobo. And they said, this man will fortify you. He has all powers. And I drove there in my car. I saw where he was living. I looked at myself, what am I doing here, a lecturer? But well, since they said he was going to fortify me, well, let's see. I think he noticed the way I looked at him. And he decided, yes, I will do whatever they asked me to do, but I will torture this fellow a little. So he asked me to bring a goat. And he said that the goat must not be brought in the car. It must be led by me through the town of Oshobo. And you can imagine the lecturer in the university struggling with a goat in the town. (laughs) Anyway, I got the goat to him and he made whatever he said he was going to make and he gave me three charms. He said I should tie one to the steering of my car to make sure that I will never collide with anybody in front. He asked me to tie one in the boot of my car that nobody will ever collide with my boot. Nobody will collide with me from the back. And then he gave me one and said I should tie it under my seat. He said, just in case. And I was wondering, what again? No collision in front, no collision behind. What is the just in case? He said, just in case. He said, the son of man will just disappear. (laughs) Lord have mercy I came to Lagos Tied these three charms And in two weeks I had three collisions So I took the three things Tore them out and threw them into the lagoon Some of you are laughing at me now As if you don't know what I'm talking about That's okay But stand on your feet right now and lift your voice to the Almighty God and say, Father, from tonight onward, let your light 
take absolute control of my life. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. No more dealings with these powerless powers. No more dealings with forces of darkness. Let your power, your light, rule my life completely. Let your light rule my life completely from tonight onward. Let your light rule my life completely. No more link with any force of darkness, Lord. Let your light rule my life completely. Completely. Thank you, Father. Let your light rule my life, rule my home, rule my business, rule my all completely. Completely. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. I could tell you several stories about highly educated people who still lean towards these forces of darkness for protection. My uncle of blessed memory before he gave his life to Jesus Christ, an engineer, consultant engineer, trained in Britain, came home and went to consult one of these powerless powers. He said, I want to be protected from all the witches and wizards in our compound. And they said, that's a very simple matter. They told him to get a particular kind of leaves spread on the ground, defecate on it, and pour some powder that they have chanted some incantation over on the feces and eat the old thing up. And they said, nobody ever touched feces. Nobody will ever touch you from now. So he came home bragging. Now I have become untouchable by any of you. He nearly died of cholera. Thank God that Jesus finally came into his life. The light of God will drive away darkness from your life in Jesus' name. Light has this peculiar characteristic, and that is it shines everywhere. No matter how little the light, you put it somewhere, it will shine. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Matthew 5 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. When you take light anywhere, it will shine. Joseph, for example, was a young boy. He shone in Potiphar's house. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 to 6. Genesis 39, 1 to 6. He was a slave in Potiphar's house. And yet, within a short period of time, Potiphar had handed over everything in his household to Joseph. His little light shone. 
And then a problem arose between Joseph and Potiphar's wife, as a result of which Joseph landed in prison. Genesis 39, verse 20 to 23. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. As soon as he landed in prison, he began to shine again. So much so that the jailer, the one in charge of the prison, handed everything over to Joseph. Somebody said prison cannot be too bad if you are the one in charge. Joseph shown in prison. And then, of course, he finally shown in Egypt. Genesis chapter 41, from verse 1 to the end. Genesis 41, 1 to the end. Anywhere you put light, it will shine. It can shine in slavery, shine in prison, and shine in a nation. Or you take another fellow, Philip. He was a young fellow. But he's shown in the church. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Acts 6, verse 1 to 5. When they were looking for people to make deacons, they chose Philip among the seven. He was a very young fellow. Now you have seen the, our children performing here tonight. You have seen beautiful singing. You have seen beautiful preaching. You have seen all manners of beautiful things happening. And these are still children, little lights, and they're already shining in the church of God. Philip went away from shining in the church and went to Samaria. Samaria was a, a, a city of heathen at that time. But when he got there, he shone. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. Acts 8, verse 5 to 8. He shone so brightly that he brought joy to a whole city. A whole city. As a matter of fact, he shone so brightly that even the elders in Jerusalem heard about it. Very little boy. But he excelled to the extent that even the elders took note. And then the Bible said he was transferred into a desert. Acts chapter 8. Verse 25 to 39. Acts 8, 25 to 39. And even in the desert, he shone. He saw a great man there in the desert, joined him in his chariot, preached the gospel to him, and converted him to Christianity in the desert. I know at least some of the elders sitting on the altar here today who were brought into the church of God by their children. I know one in particular who would never step into any other church other than his own special cathedral. But he would bring the children to Sunday school, drop them, and then go. But when he saw the changes happening in the life of the children, he decided, I think I will worship with you on one occasion. And that's when the Almighty God got him. Light, no matter how little, will shine wherever it goes. And I'm praying that from tonight onward, your little lights will begin to shine. I still remember some 40 years ago, so you will know how young I must be then, there was this World Conference of Applied Mathematicians in Canada. Only two of us represented Nigeria. 
And so that made me feel very big. I thought, ah, I must be a real mathematician now. At that time, I think I must have published about a dozen uh, articles in world journals. And then all these great, great men gathered from all over the world for this world conference. When it was time to start, the professor who gave the first lecture had published 150 articles. That alone was enough to frighten me. Then he began to speak and he began to discuss the mathematics of rain. I said, oh God, what am I doing here? I prayed. I said, God, when it is my turn to present my paper, please don't let him be present. And then the day came for me to present my paper. And who was the fellow sitting right in front of me? <laughs> it was this big man. Well, uh, fortunately, what you do is you read your paper. Even though my leg was trembling, I still read. Trouble only comes when they begin to ask you questions. But I finished reading. And everybody got up and began to clap, including this man. I said, Lord God Almighty, thank you. And nobody asked me any question because I had prayed about that before I went. Later on, the, this big man came to me and said, Oh, that was a great work, my, my little boy. That was a great work. Uh, but don't you think that uh, instead of doing it by complex analysis, you could have done it by vector, vector analysis? I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stand on your feet. <laughs> Cry to the Almighty God. I said, Father, from now on, Anywhere my children go, let their light shine. Let their light shine. No matter how little they are, anywhere they go, anywhere my children will go from now on, let their light shine. Let their light shine. Let their light shine, oh Lord. Anywhere they go, even among great people, let their light still shine. Let their light shine. Let their light shine, oh Lord. Let the light of all my children begin to shine. Anywhere they go. At home, abroad, in the church, in school, everywhere, let their light begin to shine. Let their light begin to shine. Oh yes, Lord God Almighty, all these little lights that you have given me, let them begin to shine. Let them begin to shine. Let them shine at home. Let them shine at school. Let them shine in the church of God. Let them shine everywhere. 
Let, let these little lights of mine begin to shine. Let them begin to shine. Let them begin to shine. Let them begin to shine. Shine very brightly. Let them begin to shine, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Please be seated. And then, little lights can become great lights. Because almost invariably, great things always start small. That's why you must not underestimate these little lights. In Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32, Mark 4, 30 to 32, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to us about the grain of mustard seed. He said, of all the seeds in the world, it is the smallest. And yet when it is planted, it will grow to become the biggest tree that birds and animals will not begin to come and take refuge under its shadows. Great things always start small. Now, the little lights can become great lights as in the example I read to you in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. Samuel was a small child. He, he didn't even know what is called the voice of the Lord. When God was calling him, he thought it was Eli calling him. Three times he kept on going to Eli saying, you called me, you called me. Until Eli had to tell him, no, 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 I'm not the one calling. Next time you hear that voice, just say to the one calling, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. But very soon, according to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19 to 21, 1 Samuel 3, 19 to 21, the Bible said, Samuel grew. It was a little light, but he grew. He grew to such an extent that any prophecy he gave came to pass. God didn't allow his word to fall to the ground. Very soon, the boy who didn't know the voice of God before was able to become a national prophet. He grew. And then, by the time you get to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, that little light that needed to be told, this is God talking, became a kingmaker. It was the first fellow to anoint the king for Israel. And then, of course, he kept on growing. By the time we got to 1 Samuel, Chapter 15, verse 17 to 29, 1 Samuel 15, 17 to 29, he became a king remover. And to, to put a king in position is not as difficult as to remove him. I mean, this boy grew so much that 
when the king tore his dress, he said, you tore my dress? Your majesty, your kingdom is gone. Small light became great light. Or you can consider another example. David. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 11 to 13, 1 Samuel 16, verse 11 to 13, David was just an ordinary shepherd boy in the bush, even though God had noticed him because he was always singing praises to God. He was just an ordinary shepherd boy. Even his father didn't consider him as someone who could become great. But then he was anointed to be king among his brethren. By the time we go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1 to 51, 1 Samuel 17, verse 1 to 51, the small shepherd boy had become a national hero. He has wiped out the shame of a whole nation by killing Goliath. He was an unknown boy, but he grew. He grew and became great. And he kept on growing and growing until when you read about him in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 29. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 rather. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Bartimaeus called him, called Jesus Christ, the son of David. That little shepherd boy ended up becoming the father of the king of kings himself. See, one thing about God is this. He may start small with you, but if you stay close to him, you won't end small. And I'm believing God for somebody here today. No matter how small your light is, that light is not going to end small. I remember the first time I attended a fellowship of Christians at the University of Lagos after I've just become born again. Somebody took me and said, come, come to the fellowship of the brethren. And we were there, we were singing. Many of the choruses then, I didn't know the words, so I was just humming along. But it was beautiful, I was enjoying myself. And then all of a sudden, as if by agreement, everybody became silent. And then one fellow began to prophesy, Thus saith the Lord. And he went on and on. And I nudged the fellow who took me there. I said, huh, When did God say that? He said, She, God is talking. I said, I'm not hearing anything. He said, keep quiet. <laughs> that was my first contact with prophecy. But by the grace of God, the little light grew. And many of you will remember. <laughs> you will remember at least one occasion. When we were in the auditorium we were before we moved there. When I told all of you to shake hands with your neighbors and say Happy New Year in June. How many of you remember that occasion? Uh, we, we said Happy New Year in fr on Friday. By Monday, 
the whole of the nation was rejoicing. I want to say to someone here today, today will be a new beginning for you. But I want you to stand on your feet and pray the next prayer. Pray with all your heart. And say, Father, let my light begin to grow rapidly. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Let my light begin to grow rapidly. My light may be small now, but Almighty God, let my light begin to grow rapidly. Let my light begin to grow rapidly. Let my light begin to grow rapidly, Father. Let my light begin to grow very, very rapidly. No matter how little my light may be right now, let it begin to grow rapidly, rapidly. Let it begin to grow rapidly. Let it begin to grow rapidly. Let my light begin to grow very, very rapidly. Thank you. Let my light begin to grow rapidly, Father. Whatever little light you have already planted in me, let it begin to grow very rapidly, Lord. Let it begin to grow rapidly from now on. From now on. Let my light begin to grow very, very rapidly. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Please be seated. Now that's by way of introduction. The real thing is that your child is a potential light. That little child you are carrying on your lap or standing beside you or sitting next to you is a potential light. Why? Because light gives birth to light. James chapter 1 verse 17. James 1 verse 17 says, All good and perfect gifts come down from above, from God the Father of lights. And he tells you who that God, who the father of lies is. He said, the one in whom there's no variableness, no shadow of turning. God is perfect light. His children, therefore, are lights. And in John chapter 8, verse 44, John 8, verse 44, Jesus Christ was talking to some people and he said, You have your father, the devil. Know that what darkness gives birth to darkness. Light gives birth to light. So if you are born again, if you are a child of God, according to Matthew 5.14, Matthew 5.14, 
you are light of the world. And so your children are light. Light will give birth to light. And so that little child by your side might be a prophet in the making. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5. God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, Before I formed thee, I knew thee. While you were yet in your mother's womb, I've already ordained you, sanctified you, set you apart to be a prophet to the nation. That little child might be a potential prophet, a prophet to nations. Or, like David that I referred to earlier on, that little child might be a future leader. Today is small. Tomorrow, he might become a leader. Or, as in the case of Samson that you read in Judges chapter 13 from verse 1 to the end, Judges 13 verse 1 to the end, that little child could be a future deliverer of his people. Today is small. It doesn't look like it. But you never can tell. That fellow might be a future deliverer of his people. Or according to Judges chapter 4. Thank you, Father. The Lord said there's someone here tonight. He said, your enemies will soon give you a nickname. And the nickname is the indestructible one. And that's good. As after they have tried and tried and tried to destroy you and they can't succeed, they will give you a nickname and say, this is the indestructible one. I, I want to say amen to that myself. Oh, Judges chapter 4, verse 4 to 14. Judges 4, verse 4 to 14. She's talking about Deborah there. That little girl by your side will be a future military leader. You never can tell what kind of light you are holding. You never can tell. It takes someone with special revelation to look at a little child and see something great. And I'm believing God that every child here tonight will become great. I've told you of an old man in my village when I was a child. Just going to what you will probably call nursery school. We had a, a plate made of wood. They cut wood and paint it black and give us chalk. And we go to school, and we may spend the whole day learning to write letter A. And just to get us away from home. And one day I was coming home with that late plate on my head and chalk all over my face. <laughs> 
And this old man saw me and said, Hmm, senior academician. Only what is academic about a boy carrying a plate on his head with chalk in his hand? Chalk all over the face. But somehow he saw somebody who went up with a PhD. He saw into the future. And I'm being bold to say tonight that I see into the future of your children that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, they will become very great. But if you don't mind my asking you to stand and pray and pray, because this is a very special night, and, and you will notice that I'm hurrying because we want to finish on time, lift your voice to the Almighty God and say, Father, whatever is your purpose for my children, let them be fulfilled. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Whatever is your purpose for my children, let them be fulfilled. Let them be fulfilled. If what I have by my side is a future prophet, let him become a prophet. If he's to become a leader, let him become a leader. If he's going to become a judge, let that purpose be fulfilled. If it's going to become a great warrior, just let your purpose for my children be fulfilled. 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 Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Let your purpose for my children be fulfilled. Thank you, my daddy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Now the crux of the matter is this. Not all little lights are allowed to mature. When you go through the scriptures, you'll find serious examples of people who were lights, but the enemy put out the lights before they can become great. This is where we're going to need some very serious prayers. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 8, Genesis 4, 3 to 8, Thank you, Father. The Lord said there is a woman here. The doctor said that they suspect that your child might be autistic. 
The Lord asked me to lay your hand on that child and say, Peace be still. And everything will be okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you very, very much for that. Thank you. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 8, the Bible tells us about Abel and Cain. Cain was already doing the will of God. He was a little light. But the brother put out that light. The brother killed the light. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, before Moses was born at all, death was waiting for him. There was already a decree that says, if the boy, if this baby that should be born is a boy, it must be killed. That was before Moses was born. Death was waiting. Some of us will know what we are talking about, those of us who came from some very poor background, in the mud huts into which we were born. Our parents, in an attempt to remove the dust, will gather some leaves, mix it with the dung of cows, and use it to paint the floor. We were born, as it were, handed over to uncountable number of germs. Death was waiting. The woman who caught the umbilical cord uses one rusty knife, tied the umbilical cord with some very dirty rags. Thank God we survived. Death was waiting. Many of those of the children died and they said they were killed by witches. No, jams took care of them. For Moses, death was waiting. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 16, Matthew 2, verse 13 to 16, if Father in heaven had to say to Joseph, take the child and run. Because there is somebody who wants to put out his light even before it begins to shine at all. The good news, however, is this. Whatever is of God shall be forever. Because Psalm 33 verse 11, Psalm 33 verse 11 says, The counsel of the Lord shall stand. That's why many of us are still alive today. Because God has made up his mind, this light is going to be big. That's why we didn't die small. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. First Peter 5 verse 8 tells us that the enemy may be walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Yes, there are witches. Yes, there are wizards. They are all over the place. But... Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro looking for someone on whose behalf is going to show himself strong. 
But for the Almighty God, many of us will not be here today. And that God who kept us till now is able to keep our children. And he will do so in Jesus' name. I've told you the story before. How the devil had tried several times. Maybe he had a glimpse of what was coming and he tried to put out my light. I told you in particular of a time when my elder sister, elder sister and myself, we were coming from the farm. We were walking, singing carefree. And I'm talking of way back in the 1950s when the white people ruled Nigeria and they come to a village in their jeep to collect gold, alluvial gold, because there was mining in those days there. And in those days, if a white man should kill your son, you must carry your child quickly, carry the dead body and, and begin to say thank you, thank you, thank you to the white man as you run to hide. Because if you don't run, they can arrest you for negligence. So in my village in those days, they call them <laughs> the one who kills and you say thank you to him. The elders here will know what I'm talking about. And so my sister and I, we were coming from the farm, coming to the village, and all of a sudden, we had a sound. By the time we look back, Alakwadukwe was already on us. My sister grabbed me and jumped out of the way, and we landed in one of the dry pits where the miners have dug before. And my heart was beating violently. And then all of a sudden, as we were just calming down, we heard a noise in the pit. It was the hissing of a snake. And we looked, and it was probably the most poisonous of all the snakes in the area. Very black and terrible. We have come to disturb it in its habitat. So we froze. My sister and I, our hearts stopped beating. And the snake, hissing angrily, climbed out of the pit. By the time it finally got out, that was when we began to breathe again. We came out of the pit, got back home, and for weeks, I kept on having nightmares. Either dream of the Alakpadukwe or dream of the snake, and I will wake up shouting. Until finally I broke up in a very high fever that finally led to my fainting, becoming unconscious. Alakpadukwe couldn't get me, the serpent couldn't get me, the nightmare didn't succeed, and even the high fever failed. I'm believing God that it doesn't matter what the enemy may try. They will not succeed over your children. 
That's why I'm calling on you to stand on your feet and cry to the Almighty God and say, Father, all the efforts to put out my light, let them fail. Please open your mouth and cry to the Almighty God. All the efforts of enemies known and unknown to put out my lights, Lord, let them fail. 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 All the efforts of forces of darkness, of witches and wizards, of enemies known and unknown, to put out my light. Let, let all these efforts fail. Let them fail. Lord, let them fail. Let them fail. Let them fail. Please, Lord, let them fail. Let them fail. Thank you, Jesus. All the efforts of the enemy to put out my light, let these efforts fail. Let them fail. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Please be seated. That is why your little lights need divine protection. They need divine protection against dream killers Genesis 37 verse 34, 13 to, 30, to 24 Genesis 37 verse 13 to 24 the brothers of Joseph saw him they said ah, behold the dreamer cometh let us kill him and see what will become of his dreams they wanted to put out that light they threw him into a pit. By the special grace of God, the pit was dry. The boy would have drowned if, the, if there had been water in the pit. God moved ahead of the brothers. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. Matthew 10, 36 said it clearly. A man's foes will be they of his household. There are enemies in your household moment they see your light beginning to shine, that little child, that, hey, your child needs divine protection. Not only against all those enemies. Many a times these children need divine protection against you. 
you, their parents. They need, they, they need protection against parental errors. I mean, look at Genesis 19, verse 30 to 38. Genesis 19, verse 30 to 38. It tells us the story of Lot and his two daughters. When they found themselves alone in a cave, they had observed that their father drinks just a little at a time. Just a little. The father never got drunk before. Just a little bit. And these daughters, who were, of course are like their mother, made a plot to make the old man drunk. Got drunk first night, slept with his first daughter, didn't know what he did. Drunk the second night, made the second daughter pregnant, not knowing what he did. And they produced children that became terrors to the children of Israel. Children at times need protection against little habits of their parents. Because they are watching you. They're looking at you very closely, studying everything you do. And they need divine protection against generational curses. Some curses that have been brought down the line by the actions of parents and grandparents. They need divine protection against this. Each time I read 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 27, 2 Kings 5, verse 20 to 27, where Elisha cursed Gehazi and said, The leprosy of Naaman will cleave on you and on your seed forever. I tremble because children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, if they are born into the line of Lineage of uh, Gehazi, they will end up lepers. And just in case you think that that's, uh, that it's only right now that the white people are discovering genetical problems, ask our elders, our forefathers. They will tell you in those days, when you want to marry, let us know who. When you told them this is a fellow, they go and find out the family that girl is coming from, how many mad people have been there? How many lepers have been there? Am I right or wrong, you elders? So no matter how beautiful she is, if, if there have been a leper somewhere along the line, they will say, no way, you are not bringing leprosy into our home. Now, <laughs> Hey, you even marry online. <laughs> God have mercy. Hashtag boyfriend. Hashtag girlfriend. That's why you end up with hashtag leprosy. Hashtag HIV positive. And when you read Exodus 17... Verse 8 to 14. Exodus 17, verse 8 to 14. 
you will find that something happened. There's somebody called Amalek that rose up against the children of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt going to the promised land. God won the battle for the children of Israel, but God said, write it down. A day is coming when I'm going to wipe out the memory of Amalek. And by the time you get to 1 Samuel 15, verse 1 to 13, verse 1 to 3, 1 Samuel 15, verse 1 to 3, God said to King Saul, now I remember what Amalek did. It's time for my vengeance. Go and wipe down, wipe out everybody in that city. Husband, wife, children. The children were not there when their forefather committed the crime, but they paid for it. I'm praying today. I could have told you, I could have told you some stories along this line, but I want to hurry because of the children. I'm praying today that every curse that may still be hanging in your family shall be destroyed tonight. So what is your duty, Papa, Mama, towards these wonderful little lights? Expose them to God as soon as possible. And do it diligently. I feel distress when I see children of pastors and deacons and deaconesses. I'm not saying this church may be anywhere. Who cannot even sing a single chorus. And can't even quote a single Bible passage. Because the parents didn't care. The parents didn't expose them to God. They think they are still too small. Nobody is too small to know God. Expose them quickly to God because Isaiah 49 verse 15. Isaiah 49 verse 15 says, ah, Can a woman forget a child? Her child. The baby that she brought forth. The Almighty God said, oh, she may forget, but I won't forget. You may fall asleep, God will fall asleep. Psalm 121 verse 4, Psalm 121 verse 4 says, The one who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. You can't protect your children when you are sleeping, but God never sleeps. Expose them to God. He will take care. You may get tired. You are a human being, but God never gets tired. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28 tells us clearly, he doesn't get tired. And you have limits as parents. That's why you must expose them to, to God quickly. There are limits to what you can do, but there's no limit to what God can do. Luke chapter 18 verse 27 Luke 18 verse 27 says what is impossible with man is possible with God you can't follow these children to uh, body house you can't even be with them in the school 24 7 
you can't be with them when they, are, when they travel with their colleagues and so on and so forth. But God is everywhere. Introduce them to God and do it early and do it diligently. Which brings us to the point. Why do we ask you to bring them for anointing? Because they need the anointing before the enemies begin to come. Thank God that David was able to say in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to the end, 1 Samuel 17, 34 to the end, he said he was in the farm when the lion came. The father wasn't there. When the bear came, the father wasn't there. Brothers were not even there. But the anointing was there. The anointing took care of the lion, took care of the bear. In Judges 14, verse 5 to 6, Judges 14, verse 5 to 6, Samson was going on a journey when a lion roared at him. But the anointing of God that was upon him rose up and destroyed the lion. These children need the anointing of God. So that when we are not around, the anointing can continue to do the work. Let me conclude so we can get to anointing these children. Thank you, Father. Daddy says one of the children here tonight is going to become the richest person in Nigeria. I'm sure you would like to say amen that the Lord let it be one of mine. <laughs> All right, thank you, Father. There was a woman in the church. Some of the people here will know her by the time I finish the story. She had no child. She was barren. But she was an addicted soul winner. She was rich, and she used her little wealth to bring children to church. Every Sunday, she would hire a bus to go and bring children to church. She was an addicted soul winner. She had no child. But before she died, three of her spiritual children became an assistant general overseer in this church. Four of them became members of the governing council. The Lord asked me to tell you that story because he said, there's someone here. He said, your spiritual children will become prominent in the Lord. In conclusion, parents, you have a lot to do 
You know the story in Second Kings chapter two, verse nineteen to twenty-two. Second Kings chapter two, verse nineteen to twenty-two. The people of Jericho, the elders of Jericho, came to Elisha and they said, "Sir, our city is beautiful, but we have problems. We have barrenness. We have death." And the man of God said, "Go and bring me salt. Bring it in a new cruise, and take me to the." Fountain of your river, and he went pouring the salt, made a decree, and the problem ended. Jericho had been living under a curse for years until the man of God came on the scene, and he asked the people to do something before he could do something. Bring a new cruise, telling you parents. You need to turn over a new leaf. You need to become born again. You need to become a Christian through and through. You need to be in Christ so that you can become a new creature. You need to become a Christian so you can become the salt of the earth. And then, of course, you need to cry unto God constantly for your children. Many of us pray for jobs. We pray for promotion. We pray for prosperity. We forget to pray for our future. We must constantly pray for these little ones. We must constantly pray for them. I was an old man, an elderly man. We went to preach to him. He said, "Oh no, no, no. don't worry about me." My own case is already too late. If my children want to become Christian, fine, but me is too late. And in any case, I'm busy. Busy was building a massive house. He refused to surrender his life to Jesus. When he died, the children removed everything that can be removed from that house and sold to buy drugs. The elders have a saying. You don't train your child. You don't build your child. You are building a house. The child you refuse to build, we sell the house that you have built. Brethren, you need to expose these children to Jesus. You yourself must be a child of God. You yourself must be a light in order to produce light. You yourself must be a salt to season the life of this. Children, and then of course, when you decide that you want to serve the Lord, never leave your children behind. Never leave your children behind. As you are growing spiritually, let them grow with you. Remember what Joshua said in Joshua twenty-four verse fifteen. Joshua twenty-four verse fifteen. He said, "As for me and my house." We will do what? We will serve the Lord. An incident happened in Chicago, and by the way, I brought them. I brought you greetings from your children in Chicago. I've just returned from there. A woman came running to me as I was coming out of the church with her two children. And they were trying to keep her away. He said, "You have to kill me if you don't let me get to the man of God." Finally, I saw her. I said, "Please let her come." 
She brought the two children. She said, all I want you to do is lay hands on them and pray that they will grow and become like your children. That request touched me. There are many of us who are growing in the Lord and we leave our children behind. I made sure, by the special grace of God, that everywhere I went, whenever the opportunity occurred, I brought my children along to let them grow in the way of the Lord. When I go out fishing, they go out fishing with me. When any, any opportunity I have, I don't want to watch over other people's children and lose my own. I wanted them to grow up together with me. I, we did Bible study everywhere. I take them for a walk, and when we go for a walk, we do Bible study as we go. I made sure, by the grace of God, that they will grow up and become a child of the living God. So when somebody said, I want my children to be like our children, I said, Father, I thank you. I pray for all parents who are here today that all your children will grow up to love the Lord. Light gives birth to light. Darkness will give birth to darkness. So if you are out there, mama, papa, and you are not there born again, please, if only for the sake of your children, come and give your life to Jesus now. When you give your life to him, he will translate you out of darkness and bring you into light. And when you are in the light, that light will begin to affect your children. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, come. But you don't, don't let your child be separated from you tonight. The, the crowd is big. So stay close to your child. If you want to give your life to Jesus, come now. And children, you are not too young to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He saves souls. Whether young souls or old souls, you can come and surrender your life to him too. When anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. All things pass away, all things become new. Come to him now. Those of you on the way, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Just make sure you get here before I finish praying. And those of you already in front, and those of you on the way, talk to Jesus. Say, Lord, save my soul. I've come to surrender my life to you. I want to become a brand new creature. Let your blood wash away my sins. Give me a brand new beginning, O oh Lord. I want to be light. I don't want to be darkness anymore. Please save my soul. Talk to Jesus Christ now. And please, the rest of us, let's stretch our hands towards these people and intercede for them that the Almighty God who saved our own souls will save their souls also. Let's intercede for them. Let's pray that God will have mercy on every one of them, that he will wash them clean with his blood, that he will save their souls tonight. Let's intercede for these people for another one minute. Let's pray that God will have mercy on them, that he will save their souls, he will wash them clean in his blood, 
and give them a brand new beginning. And it will translate, translate them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Let's pray for them, brethren. Let's pray for them. And those of you on the way, you have 10 seconds more to get here. Thank you, Father. This is your night. This is your night of salvation. Don't miss it. Cry to Jesus as you come. Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to wash you clean with his blood. Ask him to give you a brand new beginning. To move you out of kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father Almighty, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for this, your wonderful children. I want to thank you because you said, Whosoever will come unto you, you will know why cast out. They have come to you now, Father. Receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Forgive them in Jesus' name. Wash them clean with your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Write their names in the book of life in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I am praying that as you are saving their souls today, you will translate them completely out of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. And darkness will no longer have power over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, Lord God Almighty, from now on, any time they call on you, answer them by fire in Jesus' name. When darkness sees them coming, let darkness run in Jesus' name. And let their light begin to shine. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you in front, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Uh, I congratulate all of you and I rejoice with you because from now on, by the grace of God, I'll be praying for you. So I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer request. And the rest of us, parents and children alike, let's begin to worship the Almighty God. God bless you. And now we will go to the anointing service. He's a miracle walking God. He's a miracle walking God. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's a miracle walking God. Hallelujah. He's a miracle. Walking God is a miracle. Walking God is Alpha and Omega. He's a miracle. Walking God is a miracle. Walking God.
ago He can do much more for you tonight He's the Alpha Omega Miracle Walker He's a miracle walking God oh, Miracle walking God
to pray some prayers now, now that the anointing is fresh. I want you to stand on your feet and pray this prayer with all your heart. First and foremost, in appreciation that God has decided to anoint us again tonight, let's shout a big hallelujah. And then lift your voice to the Almighty God and say, Father, if any hand tries to touch my children for evil, cut the hand off. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. From this moment onward, if any hand tries to touch any of my children for evil father cut the hand off any hand that tries to touch any of my children for evil my lord and my savior cut the hand off From this moment onward, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the unction of the anointing, if any hand tries to touch my children for evil, cut the hand off, Lord. Just cut it off. Any hand that tries to touch my children for evil from now on, just cut the hand off. Thank you, Father.
any evil hand trying to touch my children from now on any evil hand trying to touch me from now on just cut them off cut them off Lord cut them off cut them off Lord Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You better pray this prayer with all your heart and say, Father, any group of people gathering against my family scatter them open your mouth cry to God scatter them if they are gathering against my family scatter them Lord by the unction of the anointing any group gathering against my enemy, my family, any group gathering against my family, Lord God Almighty, scatter them. Scatter them. Scatter them. Scatter them. Even before they can formulate any plan against my family, Lord, scatter them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. This prayer is just for a few. Those who don't need any more praying or sorrow in their families are those who are to pray this one. You lift your voice to him and say, Father, from now on, let there be no cry of pain or sorrow or loss in my family forever. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. No more cry of pain, no more cry of sorrow, no more cry of loss. No more cry of death, no more cry of tragedy in my family ever again. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The Lord said, There's someone here tonight. He said, Very soon, the sound of music will return to your home. Thank you, Father. The Lord asked me to tell someone. He said, the biggest serpent in your family will die this month. Thank you, Father. The Lord said there's someone here tonight. He said one of your children will be a ruler in this nation. Let's lift our voices to him one more time and say, Father... Let every member of my family become a vessel unto honor in your hand. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Let every member of my family become a mighty vessel unto honor in your hand, Father. Let every member of my family Become a mighty vessel unto honor in your hand. Mighty vessel unto honor in your hand. In my family, raise up prophets, raise up pastors, raise up evangelists, raise up apostles. And teachers, raise up people that you will use to perform mighty miracles, signs, and wonders for you. Let every member of my family become a mighty vessel unto honor in your hands. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so, my Father and my God, I commit all these your children to your hands. I thank you for anointing us tonight. I know this is a very special one. Thank you for anointing our children. Thank you because your anointing will destroy every yoke. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. From now on, any enemy whatsoever that tries to touch us or our children, let the fire of the Holy Spirit roast them. 
any person or group of persons that may want to gang against our family from now on, Father, wipe them out. Let our light continue to mature. Help us to shine for you. Let every member of our family become mighty vessels unto honor in your hands. Thank you, Almighty God. And let the anointing remain forever fresh. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. If you receive that, shout a big hallelujah. I shake hands with one or two people and say, Thank God I came tonight.
take the testimonies now. Two, two minutes and we'll soon be on our way. God bless you.
There are some people who some government went to their school and they were adopted, three children from their school. And she was one of them. I said, Lord, why me? I just finished fasting, uh, 50 days fasting and prayer. This cannot be my reward. I called my pastor, the provincial pastor, uh, my provincial pastor, uh, Lagos Province 55. I said, thank you for everything. And they, they helped me in prayer. And today, till Thursday, they are still demanding for 100 million from our hand. That very Friday night, I'm waiting for what the GO will say concerning my case. On Friday, as the daddy mad the pulpit, I was not in the camp, but as I'm watching it in their school, all the teachers we are there gathering together, we are praying. And the dad, as daddy mad the pulpit, daddy said, don't, that if they did not release the children before the weekend, that they will receive the fire of God. And daddy continued and said that my Lord says he, will, he has never failed and he will not allow your case to put him to shame. I claim it and to God be the glory on Sunday morning they will release. Praise the living Jesus!
having that pain, the bone will be very hot and it's as if the bone is touching the ground. So it has been a limitation and I've been praying to God concerning this leg. But it came way and during the special Holy Ghost um, service in March, I was rushing on the Friday of it because I wanted to meet up with the Shimawa program. I want to get there with my children before Daddy Gio starts. So I did, I, I've forgotten I had any challenge with my leg. I was rushing up and when we got to the camp here, we boarded the long bus. On our way, we found out that the hold-up was terrible. So we couldn't stand the hold-up. I had to get down with the kids and we're journeying with so many other people. So we're just chanting, this is the Israelite journey and we have to go. That the Geo is our Moses, let's go as the Israelite journey. So we, I forgot my problem. To God be the glory. I trekked close to two hours to that camp and we came back. I forgot I had challenge with my leg. Few weeks later, a spirit, a, a voice asked me, what about the pain on your leg? And I was like, what is happening? I tried to come from my house. I went back. The next day I got up. It was like a magic. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. I want to thank God for my life. I want to thank God for the salvation of my soul. I want to thank God for the gifts of our son. We bless the name of God because we, when we were waiting upon the Lord for him, we wanted more children and especially a male because the Lord God said male and female, he made them. So we look unto God and all efforts, no pregnancy. It wasn't coming up. Even when we had several tests, so many, so many tests, at the end of the day, the doctor said, I am no more fatter. I said, God, you are the God of fertility. You will do it for me. One of those days, my husband came to the camp concerning his business for divine encounter. But as God we have it, he waited for Shiloh hour. Then that same day, our daddy in the Lord said, people should come and touch the chair on the altar. It was a September, September uh, Shiloh hour. He came around and he touched, he touched the chair. That same month, I conceived. I did not miss it at all. And I want, to, I want to thank God because during the pregnancy, God really favored me. At eight months, I went to the United States Embassy. I was given visa. And even when I got there, they said they would induce me. But 15 minutes before they would start, this baby came forth. But without any assistance, without anything. The one of the nurses was saying, oh, powerful woman. I look at her, it's not powerful woman, it is powerful God. It is my God that has done it. Even on our way back, throughout the 12 hours journey, it was turbulent. Turbulent. Where there is no, there is no, I was looking and said, ah, this is not Molwe. This is not downfall that will say, oh, we want to check what is wrong with the plane. I said, my God, you will do it. And I pray one Yoruba, one Yoruba prayer. I said, God, Mofero Umuba, and this is Moro Umuba. I have the testimony here with me that Lord has given us this wonderful son. And I also want to thank God because last year, September 2015, a lady came here. He said she, she's giving testimony concerning the, her brother, that the brother left home for years. And I look at that and say, yes, my own brother too has left home without any traces. 
I said, God that has done it for this woman, you will do it for me. So in November, my brother came home and he came back, giving his life back to Christ. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um, I know that, that um, hallelujah is too small for my God. And for mothers in the house, if you know you don't want to cry over your children, I want you to stand up and praise the Lord. This boy I'm carrying here, two years ago, I was pregnant of them. He was a twin. 30 weeks into my pregnancy, I started draining. I was rushed to the hospital. They, they said I had two, like, if I have two weeks, to, that they can uh, manage me for two weeks, that the babies will survive. Five days later, from that day, I started draining blood. I was bleeding. Five days later, I went into labor. So the doctors were um, like, they, don't, they were not sure if the babies will survive. So they had CS for me, and they brought out the babies. They kept them in the incubator. Eight days later, the other girl, she left. The doctor came and told me that ah, they thought it was this boy that was going to live, that the girl even looked stronger. After two days, the management was not working in the hospital. My mother-in-law had to take us to another hospital. When we got to the hospital, the, the doctor said the boy had serious jaundice and it was too much for his weight. They had to exchange his blood, gave him a new blood. When he was in the incubator, he asked septicemia, his legs. He was folding his legs. They had to put him on, P on POP. They casted his leg in the incubator with, on POP. When they were treating him with antibiotics, the antibiotics burnt his hand and almost cut off his thumb. Later, he was shorting of blood. They were always giving him blood. They said that he could not produce blood on his own that his bone marrow could not produce blood. So they were always giving him blood, and we had to be collecting injection so that he would be able to produce his own blood. During that period, we were discharged. We noticed that his tummy, no, when we were still in the hospital, they said he had all in his heart, and he had anea, and he was going to undergo surgery after he was discharged. When we got discharged, he was still too small for the surgery. We noticed that his tummy was getting bigger, and they said he has gross ascites, that there was fluid in his tummy. The surgeon said he could not operate on him at that time, that he didn't know where the fluid was coming from. So we took him to another hospital. We were on and off on the hospital. Later, my husband's uncle, Pastor Sergio, he took us, told us to go to a Ebutemeta to go and meet daddy, that daddy will be ministering that day. When we got to, the, when we got to Ebutemeta, we missed daddy Gio. With Christ and everything, with prayers, I had to place the baby on the altar. That at least, Pastor, Daddy preached on this altar. This boy, you will receive your miracle. When I placed him on the altar, he had a very big fat because he was not stooling and he was not peeing. Before we got home, his diaper was very wet that day. So we noticed that the stomach was going down. That was in March 2014. We brought him for April's children's program. After that April children's program, we didn't even notice the tummy again. I was like, mommy, see, his tummy is going down. Mommy said he has received his miracle, that our faith has worked for us. Since that day, the boy has not undergone any surgery. We, have taken, we took him to Dr. Jesus, and Dr. Jesus healed him. And in February, God compensated me with this baby girl for the one I lost two years ago. Praise the Lord! 
to thank God for my life, for the blessing he has blessed me in this ministry. I got married 12 years ago. No child. When we went for tests, I and my husband, they said my husband has 0% that he can't even produce a child. We kept on praying and we are going to hospital. Nothing happened. So 2013, one day I just, it was in September, I just on my telly, I saw daddy preaching. He said they had a program here in camp. I just met him. He almost finished the program. The program. He just said, come 2014, people believe in God for the fruit of the womb. I just carried my phone. I, re- I was recording his voice. I recorded the message. So each time I will just play the message, I'll remind myself. I'll say in 2014, I'm going to be here for the first time. So, and then before that time, my husband was not in Nigeria. So in 2014, when my husband came back early 2014, I told him, we are going to go to camp. So he said, okay. In September, we came here. When we came here, daddy said that he will, the Lord said he should bless 120 chairs. That I touched, go to your seat and just thank God. And I came out, I touched the chair. I went back to my seat and I thank God. This is the product of that program. And another one, when, before we came, my husband, in short, since from his bed, he has a cough. He has cough that I don't know. But since I knew him, he used to cough that cough. That cough would start 12 midnight. Immediately that cough would start. My husband would be stooling. He would sit on the toilet and be coughing. And I will be standing there with him. That very day, he came with that problem. We, when we got to come here, they rushed him. And one elderly woman rushed him that they should take him to the hospital because he couldn't breathe. He couldn't walk. But... He said he's not going. He just managed to sit down and he managed to touch the chair. That cough has stopped since that month. And praise the Lord. Let somebody shout hallelujah. My name is Pastor Tola Odetunde from Enugu. Last special Holy Ghost night, the winning side, after the program, daddy said, we will receive 50 miracle as against the number of fasting we did. I didn't know that in one day I would receive that miracle called 50. As we drove out of Lotu to go back to where we, uh, we came from, that's from Enugu, at Moweye, one boy of about 10 to 12 years just left the hand of the person that was holding him and ran straight into my car. I hit him, he went up and went down and stretched immediately and then god helped the car turn back i draw from the car i ran to him pick him in the middle of the road took him by the side i have a little knowledge of me- uh, of medical science i check his pulse there was no peripheral force i check his heartbeat there was no heartbeat everybody rushed there i said the boy has gone they said what are we going to do let's take him to the hospital i said no we are not going to hospital i'm taking him to camp so i keep him throw him at the back of my chair a policeman jumped in, the family member jumped in, and we were rushing, and the other pastor were praying. As we step into the camp, the boy sneezed. The boy coughed, and he started shouting, Jesus. One thing that surprised me, the whole family came to come and look for the dead body, but they saw a living, girl, a living boy 
raised by the God of the redeemed Christian Church of God. Shout hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Praise the living Jesus! I thank God for the salvation of my soul. I want to testify to the goodness of God. 2014, we got married. We, got, we did our traditional wedding a, a week before our white wedding. So immediately, a month after our traditional wedding, my husband lost his manhood. As a newly wedded couple, we are crying here and there. Then we just decided that we went to see a senior pastor who gave us three days program to do. So on that program, my husband, we have a, one of uh, Daddy Gio's special Holy Ghost service, which was an accelerated promotion. My husband has the Anki. So each day, each night we are doing the program, he will place the Anki on his manhood and will be praying with it. So on the third day of that program, I went to work. I was on duty. So as I was coming back the following morning, which was the third day of the program, he said, there, do you know what is happening? That in his revelation last night, that Daddy Gio came to him and he was showing him uh, green and white color and he told him that the white one is for purity, the green one is for life. And he told him, he said, son, that thing is not dead, he's alive. And immediately, his manhood began to raise up. And... Praise the living Jesus. So his manhood began to raise up and within that week, a week after then, I got conceived. I took him for this baby that I'm carrying. So during the pregnancy, so many things happened, but God took control and put the enemy to shame. The baby in the womb, there was no water, no lycra at all. See, I, medically, they said I have severe oligohydraminos. And I delivered her dry without water, but God took control and she's alive today. Praise the Lord! Let's stand on our feet and shout a big, big hallelujah. <laughs> Everything that the devil has killed in your life shall come back to life. I will just give you two minutes. If you want something special from God for the month of April, go ahead and ask him. The God who can raise the dead, the God who can restore lost manhood, the Lord who can put the devil to shame, who can heal a child just by laying the child on the altar, the God who can just keep on performing miracles upon miracles, making the barren fruitful, doing marvelous things that medicine cannot do, that God is here. Talk to him. Ask for something special for the month of April. Something you want to testify about long before the end of this month. Thank you, Father. 
Let us begin to bring our prayers to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, on behalf of all of us, I say thank you. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you for your miracle working power. Thank you because with you nothing shall be impossible. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Everything your children have asked for tonight, Father, before the sun rises, give unto them. By the time we gather next month, Lord God Almighty, let our testimonies be even greater than these ones. And I cover all these testimonies in the blood of the Lamb, and I decree that they be permanent in Jesus' name. Father, bless the offering of your children, sanctify it, use it for your glory, and don't let your children ever lack again. And as you go, God will go with you. He will prosper your ways. You keep the enemy far away from you, and your joy will never cease. All your children will be greater than you. It shall be well with all of you. And all our families will serve the Lord. In the kingdom of God, none of us will be missing. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Who got the biggest miracle tonight? Let me hear you shout the biggest hallelujah.